1: Are you a woman who's ready to excel in her career and her life? Are you ready to be a professional saleswoman by using your inherent qualities? Are you a woman who wants to be better prepared for a leadership position? Then you're in the right place, Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman. It's about women in business, work-life balance, leadership, and current events related to gender communications. Be prepared to be inspired, motivated, and challenged. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman is your connection to women nationally, internationally, and globally. So get comfy and see what the buzz is all about. Find out more at www.sellinginaskirt.com. Now, your host, Judy Hoberman, on C-Suite Radio.
2: You know, I was thinking about when I started my company 10 years ago. I knew who my market was, where I could find them and why I wanted to do what I was going to do. I also know there is more to laying the foundation for a successful business startup than just those few pieces. What about a business plan? Everyone tells you you have to have one and who am I to argue? Thanks to the wonders of the internet, you can find examples online in a flash. Do a little copy and paste and your business plan is complete. Funny thing though, I didn't even get that far. I was too busy telling people about my new venture to detail all the ins and outs of how it would operate. I had the vision and the mission on paper, and I had a general outline of my business structure, but the rest of my business plan was in my head. And I choose to ignore the little matter of differentiating myself from the competition and putting together my entire marketing strategy and financial forecast, figuring that those minor little details would work themselves out over time. Now, you're probably thinking, doesn't she know you have a better chance of succeeding when you're writing things down? Yes, I'm a leadership and sales trainer, and I talk about writing your goals down every single day. So in this case, do what I say, not what I do. In other words, please learn from my mistakes. Now, when I first set out on my new path as an entrepreneur, I really didn't feel that a written business plan was necessary. Here's my reasoning. Number one, I was in business for myself. Number two, I was never going to have anyone else in my business. Number three, I had an idea of what my business would look like. Number four, I knew how much money I wanted to make. And number five, writing a business plan was just a waste of time. Now, doesn't each one of those reasons make perfect sense? They did for me. And at a later time, I'll share just how easy it is to get off course if you don't have a roadmap to which you can refer to. In short, take the time to put together a business plan. Because here's what I know. Everyone needs a business plan. If you don't have one, how do you know if you're succeeding? How do you measure your growth? Does having money in your account mean you're profitable? Most entrepreneurs don't manage risk. They gamble on success. Now you're thinking that since you work for a company, this isn't your own business. But think again, when you treat your position as if it is your own business, watch how it will soar with a business plan, of course. Now you can prepare for what's in front of you when you know what you're working with. But let me play devil's advocate for a moment about a business plan. Don't become too attached to everything in yours. If something isn't working, let it go. If you need to refocus or pivot, do it. Expect to repeatedly jump into the unknown. Now, personally, I have my own three R's. Review, readjust, and release. Can you guess which one takes the most courage? It's letting go of something in that plan that isn't working, even after you've adjusted it, tweaked it, and sent positive vibes into the world of business. Let me repeat, do not become too attached to everything in your business plan. Like in many parts of our businesses, it's a work in progress. So what actually makes a successful business plan? Well, it has to fit the business need. It has to be realistic and be implemented. It has to be specific so it can be used to track results. Clearly defines responsibilities for execution. It clearly identifies assumptions, and it communicates well the information it's supposed to convey to the intended audience. It also generates commitment because people own their responsibilities, and it sets a regular review schedule and establishes a regular planning process. A business plan allows you to communicate your vision to others and persuades them to help you meet your goals. What does your business plan say about your business? Remember, the plan is to have a plan before you need a plan. We're going to take a break to thank our sponsor, Walking on the Glass Floor. When we come back, you'll hear from my guest who will share her thoughts about the importance of infrastructure in your business. This is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio, and we'll be right back.
1: What happens after shattering the glass ceiling? You're now Walking on the Glass Floor. Walking on the Glass Floor. Seven Essential Qualities for Women Who Lead is a timely and indispensable business guide for all women. Whether you're moving out of a dorm room or moving into an executive suite, Introducing readers to the seven keys to success in business and life, Judy Hoberman brings her fresh voice, sales-savvy, and thoughtful approach to each of the essential and most powerful leadership qualities. Written in her trademark, no-nonsense, glass-half-full prose, Judy's blueprint for business teaches all women how to cultivate and strengthen key skills that will serve them in both business and life. Uncover amazing qualities they already possess that will help them lead and succeed and harness universal leadership qualities to continue reaching their full potential. By providing authentic real-life case studies and inspiring quotes throughout, Judy fills each page with the timely advice women need right now. Walking on the glass floor is like having Judy Hoberman sitting right next to you as your business mentor, personal life coach, and best friend all at the same time. You can order your own copy of the book at walkingontheglassfloor.com. Welcome back to Selling in a
2: Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. It's time for my very special guest, Regina Gubunas, who's worked with over 100 companies, each generating anywhere from 2 to $20 million in gross annual revenue. Her objective is to teach the CEO and management how to properly navigate every aspect within the company. Her function is to work very closely with that CEO and teach them how to run and grow their company correctly, improving their cash flow and positioning their company for long term success and profitability. Her key focus is to help them avoid those mistakes and decisions, which brings them to financial chaos and catastrophic failure. Regina is extremely passionate about being of service and helping to inspire and guide the CEOs to achieve their original blueprint. So welcome to the show, Regina. I am so excited to have you here.
3: Good morning, Judy, and it's a pleasure
2: to be here as well. Thank you. So let's talk about the discussion of the day, having a plan. What do you think when you hear that?
3: You know, uh, I think it's extremely important. And the main reason why, and this is an example that I give to anybody who's either a client or that I'm just having a discussion with, uh, you know, I'm in California. So imagine I decide I want to take a road trip to New York and I have zero clue how to get there. And I just kind of get in my car and drive without a specific point, specific direction, specific map, specific navigation. How fun is that trip? Not so much right? It's going to be filled with nothing good. Most likely, I'm never even going to get there to begin with. So having a business plan, I think having um, a direction for your company and a solid foundation you build your business on, and the business plan is part of that, is an absolute must if you want to succeed long-term, short-term, you can do anything but long term if you want to be here 5 10 15 years from now you have to build your business on solid foundation it's absolutely a must and a business plan and a roadmap for your business is part of the pieces of that big puzzle
2: okay so you and i both know how important it is and especially since i knew i didn't have one but most people think especially entrepreneurs when you write a business plan it has to be something that is you know 50 pages leather bound and Most times people will never go back to that again. What do you say to that?
3: I like things simple. Uh, I think human nature would tend to turn everything into a rocket science project, (laughs) at least from my experience. I don't think there is a need for that. I also think a lot of entrepreneurs are usually a a one man or a one woman show and they think that it's not important uh, to even write anything on paper. They kind of, they figure it out as they move through the process. But even specifically, For those companies that are, you know, just a one-person enterprise or two people or three, the smaller ones, it's an absolute must. And it can be two pages long, at least have something on paper and you can add to it. I think the misconception is I have to sit down and exactly like you said, write this whole manuscript for my business. It's not necessary. You're not running a $50 billion company on a daily basis. You can't just put something on paper so at least you know where you're headed and add to it. You can really tweak it. You know, business is so organic. It happens 24-7. You can't predict everything. You have to be able to adjust along the way. So put just outline things on paper, but have something on paper. You must have something on paper. It's a must. Okay. So think about what
2: I said as when I was an entrepreneur and I thought a business plan was not important. Now let's go into what you do. You, you, know, you go into a CEO and they say to you, Regina, here's my business. I want to go from here. I want to add more salespeople. I want to write X amount of dollars. Is that infrastructure enough? Or do you have to really have a system so when they follow it, they're going to actually see real growth that they're really looking for, not just a pie in the sky?
3: Absolutely. Systems are an absolute must. You have, here's what happens without systems. Now, besides helping build of well over a hundred companies that are into millions annually, my primary function up until now, I focused on helping companies reorganize. So I've brought a lot of companies that were millions in debt back to life, so to speak. And I have to tell you, a lot of those people did not have systems. If you don't, here's the biggest issue with not having systems. It's a massive time waster. When you have systems in place, it's kind of a bridge before wanting to do something and getting something done. You close the gap and it takes you less time to do something because you have a system in place that functions correctly. It takes your idea to through a process, through a sale, through cash in the bank, but it takes it through there much faster because you have implemented systems that actually work. So systems also eliminate wasting a lot of time. So they're an absolute must. You must have them.
2: So can you give us some tips, simple tips that how we can start to create a blueprint?
3: Absolutely, that's actually a really good question that a lot of people don't ask. You know, everybody's in, I wanna make money, but nobody's really building a foundation. The question you're asking is really the foundation. It's the first thing is, like we just talked about, put your ideas on paper, see how they're gonna flow. Because what happens is once you put things on paper, you may actually realize that it it may not work out the way you want it. So it allows you to fine tune it to the point where it makes sense and you can see profitability. Another thing is infrastructure. You know, uh, over so many years, almost 20 years of doing what I do, there's two reasons that companies fail. And it has been consistent across the board over every single company I've ever touched is lack of the knowledge and the part of the CEO and infrastructure, and they're kind of interwoven. And it's so important to have an infrastructure because you can't do it all yourself. Now, surround your people, and this is the key to having a proper infrastructure that supports your mission and your vision. The people you align yourself with absolutely must support your mission and your vision. They don't have to necessarily understand it entirely. But they have to align with you, support it, and carry it to the finish line with you. And infrastructure—this is the big one that people kind of freak out about. I don't have the money to put an infrastructure into place. I'm not telling you go hire fifty people to help you run the company. Sub out as much as you can. Work things out with people. If you don't have a cash flow, uh, negotiate. You know, I'll help you here. You help me here. But have an infrastructure. It is extremely important because as a one person, which a lot of people are doing now, one person, a company. It's close to, you can't be everything. You can't be the bookkeeper. You can't be the, the, you know, the janitor. You can't be the sales guy. You can't be the, the CEO. You can't be the production manager. Outsource as much as you possibly can. You must have an infrastructure. It's also know where your sweet spot is with uh, the information that you possess as a human being. Like I said, the company needs will always, always, always outgrow the knowledge base of a CEO. And that's a good thing. It means you're growing. But if you don't really bring the right people and the right information at precisely the right time, the moment the company's needs outgrow your knowledge base, you're going to start seeing a financial decline because you will not be able to fill that gap. You won't know what to do with the progress of the company. And it happens every single time. There is no exceptions to that. So another tip is for client retention. And I know this is a big one. The money is always in the relationship and people have a tendency to miss that one a lot. The money is always in the relationship. Take care of your clients the way you would take care of your best personal relationships. Pay attention to your customers. I have to tell you, I have worked through getting million dollars worth of contracts and I've worked with anybody from a tiny company of five, six people to 350 employees to massive commercial construction companies in California and in Texas and New York. And client retention from my experience People are missing the human interaction. We're living in such a digital world at this point that when you really take care of your clients, it doesn't matter if you've got one customer or a thousand or one clients, but people need a personal interaction. And the little things like knowing when their birthdays are or important mm-hmm. dates and simply reaching out or a handwritten note. You know, people ask me all the time, does this actually work? Believe it or not, it works more than people would even assume because so few people are doing it at this point. And the nature of the beast for all of us is we're wired to crave human interaction. So for client retention, the money is in the relationship. Take care of those relationships. And those relationships will bring more sales to you as well. Absolutely. And I have to say that, you
2: know, I always talk about like sending a birthday card and, and mm-hmm. it's a different generation that looks at me and say, well, that's very old fashioned. I said, that's true. It is old fashioned, but the problem is no one's doing it anymore. So you're yes. going to stand out. So I yes. have a question about, you know, you're talking about people and, you know, and relationships and everything. What about Hiring, do you hire towards your culture? You know, if you know if, what your mission and your vision are and you're very strong with it and you've got a wonderful culture, do you hire people to fit the culture or do you try to fix people to fit, fit your culture?
3: You know, it's a really, really good question because if you've got a culture that works, keep in mind if people are, uh, if there's too much chaos in the company and people are so busy navigating chaos and relationships are bad and nobody gets along. That's not a, that is a culture you want to fix, right? It's not something you want to keep because that's very poisonous. You cannot mm-hmm. grow with, uh, with poison inside. Like if a human being is sick, you got to take care of your health. Company is the same way. So if you've got a culture that is productive, that is respectful to one another, because all of that, everything in the company, every single moving piece in the company yields into the bottom line of profitability. It's either going to make you money or it's going to take money away from the company. So if you have a camp culture that actually works, yeah, you need to put people in place that fit the culture. That Because that it's, it's a whole machine. If the machine works well, you don't want to throw a wild card in to see how it goes. Now, I've said no to my clients about hiring some really qualified people if I did not think that they would be uh, healthy for the environment. I've said no to a lot of people like that because you, like I said, if you have something that works, don't put in there something right. that's going to stop the whole thing. Right, right. Because that
2: could poison your entire system.
3: Absolutely. And you know what? It can take one person to take down the entire company if your infrastructure is not, not strong enough. Right. Yes. Right. Absolutely.
2: So let me ask you, are you, is it easier for you to work with entrepreneurs or to CEOs? Because it's two different people. I know it's the same internal... Portion of the program, but it's really two different dynamics. So, what's easier for you to work with?
3: I don't know if it's easier because I love, 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 love helping people achieve their dreams. The difference is with CEOs, because they have an actual company in place, it's multiple Mm -hmm. people usually, they have the, they argue less, they argue much less, they usually have the funds to implement the infrastructure faster, and they understand. The needs for certain things much faster. Entrepreneur, you have to convince them more that this is what you need. So before they actually take the advice, they may waste. And I don't, I'm not using the word spend for a reason. They're, they waste more time kind of measuring what I'm saying. Is this correct? I know it's correct. I've been here for almost 20 years. It works. Mm-hmm. But CEO is just a different animal. They're faster to say yes, they're faster to implement, and therefore they're much faster to see the benefit and the results.
2: Yeah, I figured that's what the, where yep. it's gonna go. So yep. tell me, you know, when you're working with the CEOs, where does courage and resilience come in? Because a lot of times you're gonna tell them things that are difficult and they're gonna have to make difficult decisions. And a lot of times those decisions, they will push people down and they have to get back up and they have to show that they really are resilient. So where does that come into play? Are you able to turn it around? Are you able to let them know it's just a brief moment that this is gonna happen?
3: You know, the absolutely best people I have worked with, and this is very interesting, are the people that are, when I say best, they move the quickest direction, are the people that are 10, 15, $20 million upside down in debt and they're going out of business. And I will tell you why. that Their strength and resilience blows my mind. Mm -hmm. I've never been in debt $20 million, and most people have not. But to sit across from a CEO who is losing his home, who's losing his family because there's been no finances can cause complete chaos inside of a marriage, who is losing everything. And sometimes even a possibility of a chapter 11 is not a possibility. They have the resilience that I cannot even explain to you. And they keep pushing forward on a daily basis because sometimes, perhaps even most of the time, when you have no more options, that is the best option you have meaning you've got no other option but to push forward. So the resilience of those people completely blows my mind. And I've seen uh, most of them, if not all of them that I've worked with, come back from, from the grave of a, of a business environment. So those people have the most resilience. People that still can afford financially to have an opinion and argue back are a little bit more difficult. Because they really, you know, they haven't hit the negative, and if they have, the negative is not big enough to make them fearful to make them listen. Right. And uh, like I said, the more money in the bank they have, the more complicated they are because they can afford to have an opinion, they can afford to push back. But I have been beyond impressed from the people that have really hit double digits in in negative millions, or even single digits. Million is a million; it's a lot of money for a lot of people. Obviously, and it's a scary place. It's a scary dark place. And those people just blow my mind. They're, they're incredible. Their resilience, their will to push forward, their desire for success, their desire to protect their families, their kids. I have the most respect for those people that don't give up and push forward in the face of that chaos. And a lot of them, honestly, a lot of them have, had faith. They had the foundation of God in their life. And that was the main component for them to, to just believe that they can be okay.
2: Yeah, I agree. So you're a business strategist. When somebody calls you in nine times out of 10, it has to be because they are scared and and they're going under, or they just, you know, maybe there was a person that came in at the top level and is causing chaos? Could be all the things. But is it always the negative side when they bring you in, as opposed to somebody that's being proactive and saying, you know what, Regina, we're not in trouble yet, but I think we could be and I need your help. Do you get that as well? Or is it mostly that you come and you turn things around and you make things, you know, make the world right again?
3: No, it's both. Now, some people just want to grow correctly. Um, Let's keep in mind that the statistics dictate that most companies over time do fail. It's a fact. Regardless of economic factors or anything you kind of look at, most companies at the five mark or 10 mark, only a few of them stay alive. And the ones that actually stay it doesn't mean that they're profitable. And I think we all know that. So part of my, that's what I said. I used to focus more on reorganization before. Now I'm focusing more on helping people grow correctly mm-hmm. because there is a correct way and an incorrect way. So for example, I just took on a client. She's a dietitian with two offices, great business. She knows exactly how to do her service. She's fantastic, has more work that she can facilitate, but can not turn the profit for the life of her because she's good at what she does. It doesn't mean she's good at running a business. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant CEO. Love her to death. So we just started working together and she goes, I want to grow my business. She's not in trouble, but she wants to grow it because she's kind of stuck. We're having a discussion right now with somebody else. This guy wants to franchise. He has a really good business he's franchising. He wants me to help him get the franchise and possibly position it for a sale in five years. You don't have to be in trouble for me to work with you. But you have to be committed to your purpose. I do not honestly prefer to take people on that are here just to make money they have to have a better a bigger mission behind it that's my client
2: yeah and i think that's a great point to make because a lot of people go into business and the the reason they're going in money's number one and when money's number one it never it just doesn't happen the right way when money becomes the reason it's mm-hmm. not good but when money becomes the benefit of what you're doing that's amazing it's a whole different story so i hear what you're saying and i mm-hmm. and i applaud that Tell us what's the the best advice that you can share with women in leadership positions. I know you have a dietician now, but what do you tell women who are in leadership positions that might be a little bit different than the men that
3: you talk to? I don't know, honestly, if it's different. I think we as women need a little bit more encouragement Mm -hmm. uh, to push forward. It's easy for us to get uh, deflated, our emotions to get deflated. Our excitement gets deflated when somebody gets in the way or has an opinion. And the biggest advice I can give anybody, and this is really what I live by on a daily basis, and it may have nothing to do with business and everything to do with business, but life is not a dress rehearsal. This is the main performance. So if you're in a place where you want to do something or you're doing something and you know it's yours to do, it's yours to achieve, it's yours yours to accomplish, do that. Don't allow the world or the noise or the voices to derail you from what you believe in your soul and your heart is yours to do. Don't allow people, you know, don't allow other opinions to derail you or to poison you, your desire. It is so important. I see a lot of women, especially online, because we interact online so much. And I see so many women, it breaks my heart ask, how do I navigate? I don't have a supportive spouse or somebody tells me it's a bad idea to do my business. Do your business if you're passionate about what you're doing. And another main thing is surround yourself. Just like we talked about infrastructure, your life is no different than a business. You have to have a system and infrastructure in place. Surround yourself and your business with people that are really going to support you. When I think as women, I know I speak for myself personally. That fuels me. Having the right support really fuels me. I could not do the work that I do if if I did not have the love and the support of my friends that I do. So build an infrastructure in your business, build an infrastructure in your life that entirely supports your mission and your vision and just fuels you on a daily basis. Because really you can do anything. You you really truly can mm-hmm. and do it. Just yeah. like I said, life is not a dress rehearsal. This is the main performance. So you know, I want every woman out there. So when the curtain in your life goes down, you look back and say, man, that was so good. That was yeah. great. Yeah. And I would
2: add to that, build relationships before you need them. Because when you need them, yes. a lot of times they're too late. So you have, to, you have to continually find those people for your infrastructure, for your personal, you know, your outside your business. So that, that's great. So how yes. can our listeners get connected with you and find all the amazing things that you're doing?
3: You know, a lot of people find me through my Facebook, through social media, even through personal account, just Regina Gulbinas. Uh, please do message me. My website is com. That's R-E-G-I-N-A-G-U-L-B as in boy, I-N-A-S. A lot of people find me through social media. I'm on LinkedIn as well, but Facebook seems to be the way people get to me all the time. So please feel free. Yeah. Any questions?
2: Absolutely. Well, Regina, I want to thank you so much for sharing the mic with me. You have great information. I love what you're doing. I think what you're doing is extremely important. And I hope that there's a lot of people that are listening that are more proactive and they're not in the dire straits where they have to get you this second, but they can work with you and work healthy with you. So I'm looking forward to creating some great adventures together. Thank you. Same here. Thank you, Judy. You're so welcome. And I want to leave everyone with this quote, a goal without a plan is just a wish. I thank you all for listening to our discussion where we share some extraordinary guests, some ideas for your business, and ways to stand out as the amazing women that you are. Now, make sure you stay connected with us. And remember, women want to be treated equally, not identically. Until next time, this is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio.
0: Like what you just heard? Visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business.